Hey guys, what's up? Um, it is Wednesday evening here in Baltimore, Maryland, 7 p.m. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out this whole you, uh, YouTube live streaming thing. Um, <laughs> I haven't been able to figure out how to schedule it and then go live from the event that I scheduled. So hopefully everyone that uh, was planning on tuning in uh, is able to tune in and gets notified. Hey, Brandy, how are you? Uh, thanks for coming by, stopping in, tuning in. Um, so anyway, I was just sharing, um, you know, I scheduled this in advance a couple days ago, but I'm not sure how to, uh, to go about using the event that I scheduled. Anyway, I'm just going to dive into it. looks like we got some people on, I guess people are finding it. So thank you. Appreciate it. I really was looking forward to tonight. I'm enjoying these a lot. And, uh, I don't know, just good connecting with you guys and answering questions, and um, it's therapeutic for me too, I feel like. Uh, before I dove in for tonight, I wanted to kind of share some exciting news. Uh, I made a, a video on Monday that we are starting chapters all over um, all over the United States and, and even all over the world. So uh, the, the video that uh, really has gotten the most attention was my, the 10 reasons not to have sex before marriage, which is probably why a lot of you have subscribed to me. And uh, I made that video in, I don't know, spring, I guess, of last year. I posted it in May of 2017. And it just kind of sat at around, I don't know, 800, 900 views forever. And then all of a sudden, right as I finished my book, it shot up and started getting you know, 20, 30,000 views every day. And um, I really just feel like it was God that kind of blew this thing up and brought us to the place, the place where it is now. And a lot of people have seen that video. I talk a little bit about CityFam at the end of it. And I say it's better to have long-term friends and short-term sex partners. And I mentioned CityFam. So people now have reached out to us and they're like, hey, uh, you know, this CityFam thing, this is awesome. We want to be part of it. How do we do it? And we had had a dream of starting city fams in other places, but we really hadn't thought it all the way through, like, how do we actually do it? So we had all these people reach out literally, uh, and I'm going to read off the cities here in a second, because if you are watching and you, and you're, you live in one of these cities, I want, I want to connect with you. I want to connect you with the people that have reached out to us so that you can start what, uh, start a small group there. And, uh, I'll share with you how to go about that. So people reached out and, uh, they were like, Hey, how do we, how do we do this? And I, I you know, had just wrote the book, uh, why waiting works. So I developed a small group curriculum an eight week small group curriculum where people can get together in houses and living rooms and they can read, you know, they can read two chapters of the book. They can come together. They're going to watch a short video, just a five to 10 minute video of me talking about some of the content from those weeks or from those two chapters, and then they're gonna ask some questions, and then that's it. It's gonna be like an hour long, but that's gonna, it's gonna be an eight-week group. It's gonna meet weekly, and two of the eight weeks, one of the weeks you're gonna do a social event, so you're gonna go out and you're gonna do something fun together in your in your city, uh, at that, but you're gonna take the money, any money that, that that event generates, and you're gonna give it to a local charity, and then you guys are gonna go out and you're gonna volunteer for that charity together. And that really is how we started in Baltimore. We were just a small group of people that were doing life together. And we were just trying to find, you know, fun things to do besides the wrong thing, you know, because I, I, you know, when I, you know, I'm a Christian and when I gave my heart to the Lord, 
uh, all my sources of fun, not all of them, but most of my sources of fun were the were wrong. They were like women and alcohol and drugs and, you know, just partying. And I, when I started to walk this path, I was like, what do I do now? And it was such a struggle. And, um, you know, somebody said something to me the other day. They said, City Fam is for people that are waiting what Alcoholics Anonymous is for alcoholics. And I was like, wow, that's that's a compliment. They really do have a point there. And I, I agree with them. You know, it, it it's made the wait for me uh, enjoyable to a certain extent. You know, I, I definitely could have never made it without City Fam. I did it six, the first six years when I, when I became a Christian, I made it six years just white knuckling it. And then I backslid because I just got so lonely and so bored. I assumed I would have gotten married during that time, but I, I just wasn't willing to settle. And uh, so I backslid, I rededicated in 2011. I got sober in 2012 and then life got really boring again. And I, I knew that a, my, a, a good strategy uh, was not to shelter myself. I knew that, that I, that, that doesn't work long-term. You just can't stay in forever. Eventually you will act out. You will go back to alcohol. You will go back to sex. You will get on Tinder or you'll do something if you don't have people. So I, I, because I had been a nightclub promoter, I thought, well, I know how to put events together and I know how to promote. So I just started putting fun without regrets events together for me and really just a, a, a couple of friends. It was a very small group at the time. And, you know, it slowly started to build. And then I was volunteering through my church. I was really liking myself again. And I thought, man, there's got to be other people that, that want to feel this way, that, that, that want to give back. Because I had wanted to volunteer for a long time. I just didn't know how to start. And I was only able to start through a church. And a lot of people don't go to church, I figured. And I'm, you know, certainly not going to get my friends that aren't believers to come to the church co-drive. But, uh, you know, that's really kind of how we started. It was just um, it was just a group of people that were socializing and, and serving together. I'm sorry. I, I want to turn on uh, I want to turn on YouTube or uh, Instagram live here. Um, so that's really, uh, you know, that that's that's kind of how we started. And um, so now we've had people, like I said, reach out from cities all over the world and they've inquired about City Fam, and we're, we're really figured out, we figured out how to get them started. And the way to get them started is to provide a curriculum to them called The Truth About Sex. And it's an eight-week study. It's based on my book. I, I always am quick to mention that if you don't agree with my stance on waiting, that's okay. You don't have to agree with me, okay? It doesn't mean that, you you know, by coming to the small group automatically that you're going to, you, you have to be abstinent. No. Look, you could be out smashing every weekend, whatever, but it opens the dialogue. And I feel like once people get in the conversation and I, and I explain it very practically, just like I do in the 10 reasons video, I break it down in the book so practically, but it doesn't mean you have to agree. But what I do like about the book and the curriculum, the small group cur curriculum is it gets men and women into healthy community, into settings where they can talk about matters of substance and they can start to develop platonic relationships uh, with each other. And then I'm hoping that some people, even if they disagree initially, maybe they'll start to see value in that. And, uh, and, they'll, and maybe they'll think I'm right. Maybe they won't. And that's okay, too. But either way, that's what we're doing. I want to read off the, the cities to you that have reached out to me so far. So right now, in the next two weeks, we have groups that are starting in Baltimore, Maryland, Newark, Delaware, Naples, Florida, Houston, Texas, Dallas, Texas, New York City and Johannesburg, South Africa. Those are all the places that we are 100% starting 
uh, small groups, uh, which will hopefully eventually lead to city fam chapters. But we've also had people that have reached out that have reached out to us that we've had conversations with in Indianapolis, Los Angeles, Boston, Salem, Oregon, Bakersfield, California, Phoenix, Arizona, Oklahoma City, Columbus, Ohio, Harford County, uh, Maryland, Hanover, Germany, Dubai, and Jakarta, Indonesia. So it's it's insane. I mean, I don't even know what to think about that. Like I've had people, again, just reach out and they're like, you know, I, to me, the fact that God is able to use my past mistakes and my stupidity and my foolishness to help someone else is mind blowing to me. I mean, if anybody's out there listening and you think you're disqualified from service for anything bad that you've done, you're wrong. I mean, I am living proof because you're not as bad as me. Trust me. You can ask, you can ask my friends that knew me. I was the worst. I was the worst of the worst. And somehow God and in his infinite mercy and his infinite intelligence and grace, he just, he's able to turn those things around and, and, and use them to help people. I don't even understand it, to be honest. I'm just blown away by it. But, um, and I also really felt the need to say to anybody out there watching, like if there are so many times I could have given up before now, there's so many times I could have quit when nothing was happening and I did not understand what was going on. I was just sitting on the shelf. I didn't even know what I was waiting for. I just knew, I just trusted, I just trusted God. And I did, I did what I knew to do at the time and not do my best not to, to make a mistake and never intentionally turn myself away from him. And there were so many times that I could have quit. So many bullets that I dodged. I mean, literally like Neo in the Matrix, I've, I've dodged a lot of bullets to get here. And if I would have quit at any one of those times when I didn't understand, I would have not made it to this point. So if you're out there and if you're in, if you're waiting, if you're in the struggle, just keep going. Because honestly, you don't know when it's going to happen. But when it does happen, it, it, I mean, I, I'm mind blown. That, that, that people have reached out and it's clearly a miracle. It's clearly God that's moving all this stuff along. And I just believe that he's honoring my faithfulness. So anyway, um, I'll get off my, my soapbox. If, so if you're watching and you're from one of those areas, reach out to me, send me a message, send it to Rob at cityfam.com. Tell me what city you're from. And, um, and I will make sure that you get connected with the person that's reached out in that city. And then you guys can connect and you can, you know, hopefully start to start the small group. And, and who knows I, if you've watched any of my videos before, this is the beginning of, of some, of something big, of, of like a movement. Um, you know, 16 years ago, God gave me a vision. He told me that I was going to be doing something very outside the box and that people were going to come to Baltimore from all over the world to see it. And at the time I didn't understand it, what he meant. Or what it, you know, and, and now I'm starting to get it. So if you're watching, wherever you're from, wherever you're at around the world, this is the beginning of that. I'm calling it now. I'm, I'm you know, letting you know this is what this is. This is the beginning of a movement that's going to be a worldwide movement of, you know, helping people find love before sex and find real fulfillment and purpose. You know, it, it, it's a it's a journey. It's it's a it's something difficult to go through. I mean, it was very difficult for me to go through to get to this point where I'm at. A lot of a lot of hard work, a lot of lonely nights, a lot of depression, even. You know, but I be 
through it all, God produced something amazing in me and I became this much better version of myself. And I want to help people do that too, because that's where the true fulfillment is. It's like any discipline. It hurts in the moment, but it produces something later. And then you're so grateful. I'm never, I'm never sorry. I went to the gym. You know, it sucks in the moment. I'm like gasping for air at 5:45 in the morning, and I don't like it. But I'm always, as soon as it's over, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I won, and it produces something in my life. So we want to help people do that. We want to give them the the tools and the support system that they need to to make it through that so they can become this better version so they can find their purpose so they can find the love of their life and the life that they've always wanted you know sometimes god wants to take you through a process before you find that right person though he doesn't just serve them up to you so many people just want to um find that person that's going to fix them and, and they don't want to go through the process it doesn't work like that it rarely works like that not to say that no one ever finds love like that but it's so rare in my opinion and and you get you get robbed of it. You get robbed of that uh, of of you know becoming this person, which is what we're all here for. I mean, you know, aren't we here to develop character and you know do something with our lives? You know, people just want to hurry up and get into a relationship because they they don't like the pain. Anyway, I'm rambling. Let me take some questions. Um, there's one question that I wanted to answer before I I take any off of the feed. Uh, the first one is. Uh, before I read this question, let me just see what you guys are asking because there's a couple people asking now on Instagram and, and also on YouTube, and I just want to make sure I, I answer them before we start. So um, Alberta, Canada, thank you. Thanks for reaching out. Okay, send me any, if you're interested in being part of a group, anybody that's watching, send me an email to Robert City Fam. If, it, you know, if I find people that are two people that match or more in a city, I will introduce you uh, via email. Um, What's up, Kat? How are you? Um, Katie's Cake Factory. How's it going? Uh, problem on the registration project is the zip code required in the field is only for America, not Canadian. Okay, we'll take a look at that. Sorry about that. Just send an email for now, or you can even inbox me on uh, on Instagram, and I'll make sure that um, as long as you include your email address and your, and your zip code, I'll make sure that um, you get connected with anybody else that reaches out from those areas. So uh, just, just looking in. What's up? How's it going? Brandy, Sharissa, Aia. I don't know if I pronounced that right. Brandy, uh, Therese, Robbie. That's what my, my, that's what my grandmother used to call me when I was little. Um, yes, the struggle is most definitely real. Uh, Mount Clemens, Michigan. Uh, do we, ha I think we had somebody from Michigan. I have to look up what part. Um, Atlanta. No, you know what? We haven't had anyone reach out from Atlanta, but Hey, Atlanta, you know who's from Atlanta? Stefan Labosier. Stefan is a guy that writes books on Christian dating, and he's from Atlanta, and he is a sharp dude. I would love to connect you with him and see. I don't know if he's interested in, in getting it started. It, it, it takes some work, but um, he is reading my book. I think he's going to give me an endorsement for my book, which is going to be huge. Um, okay, Puerto Rico, awesome. No, you be the first person to reach out for Puerto Rico. Send me an email, robertcityfam.com. Columbus, Ohio. We actually did have somebody from Columbus. I don't know if it was you, Brandy, but we had somebody from Columbus reach out. Send me an email. Um, Oklahoma City. We had somebody from Oklahoma City already. Send me an email. Bristol, Connecticut. We had someone from Connecticut. I don't remember which part. Dubai. Yes. Originally from Kenya. Uh, Dubai. We've already had a couple people from Dubai reach out. Uh, I just connected them on the email 
literally today, I think. Uh, Antigua and the Caribbean, you would be the first. Uh, let's see, New York City. Yes, New York City, we already had a group meet last uh, Friday. They're going to be meeting on Sundays. If you're not, I don't know who that is, uh, but if you are not part of that group already, send me an email. I'll connect you with them. They're a great group. Uh, Philly, Philadelphia. Uh, I don't know if anyone's reached out from Philly yet. Maybe one person. I'm not sure. Send me an email. Uh, England, we've had a couple people reach out from London. No one from Scottsdale, Arizona. You would be the first. Brazil, one person is communicating with me from Brazil right now. And then Arkansas, no, you would be the first. Uh, so yes, all those people, please send me an email uh, if you'd like to be part of this small group. It's going to be awesome. If you're waiting, if you're thinking about waiting, if you just think I'm full of shit and you, you know, you want to find out, <laughs> you know, that's okay too. You know, honestly, that's fine. I, I don't care. I'm, I'm not going to be part of the groups. So you're going to be meeting amongst yourself and you're going to be talking about it. But what I would say, if you do think I'm full of shit, I think you're going to find that when you read the book that you're going to be surprised because I break it down so practically that it's almost indisputable. It would be the equivalent of someone trying to say that exercise isn't good for you. It is in your best interest to wait. It's a completely selfish decision to wait. Is it hard? 100%. Is it worth it? I believe the answer is yes. Like any discipline, it's going to be hard, but it's going to be worth it. And a lot of people are going to be thanking me after they do it too. So anyway, um, yeah, shoot me an email. That was the main, that was one of the main things I really kind of wanted to talk about before I got into the questions was that because it's so important. You cannot do this alone. If you're trying to do it alone, I tried it. I made it six years. I don't think anybody would probably make it that long. It was, you know, an incredible amount of determination to do that. And, uh, you know, so look, it, it, you're, you're more likely to, you know, more likely you'll, you'll fail or you'll settle for the wrong person or, or something else before, before you make it to your person alone, I believe. Now, if it happens quick, hey, good for you. Congratulations. It doesn't happen fast for everybody, though. So anyway, reach out. Um, first question I wanted to tackle. Please send me your questions on YouTube or, uh, the, oh, I'm sorry, the, the email address is rob at cityfam.com. Okay, so the first question was somebody reached out to me and they said, uh, honest question. How do you go about creating amazingly close friendships with people of the opposite sex when your entire life, whether you want it to or not, consciously that is, the goal was always sex. It's a, a reprogram of mindset and it is a stumbling block to me for meeting new people. So somebody asked me that question on uh, Facebook the other day and they said, you know, basically, how do you go about this when you've just been so used to it? And, and you know, for me, it was definitely took some renewing of the mind there's a verse romans 12 2 it talks about you know having your mind renewed but when you really draw your line in the sand that you're not gonna do it like i mean you have to mean it in your heart of hearts you can't be like oh, i'm gonna try not to do it whatever like you have to freaking mean it like like if you did it you would die kind of thing you know so that's how serious you have to be about your your resolution to not have sex but when you get to that point what's the alternative to not be friends with females? Because this is what I find. I like the presence of good looking women. Okay. Now, even without sex, I like the presence of good looking women. I just like to be around them. You know, it just changes the dynamics of, of things. So when you know that that's not an option, that sex isn't an option, then you, it, you just have to accept it. And you start having to look for ways to, add value to their lives. You know what I mean? Like, and that's really what it boils down to is like when you mean 
when you draw the line in the sand that you're not going to do it and you actually mean it, then it, it becomes very clear. Like, well, this is what I, this is what the point of marriage is, in my opinion. Uh, you know, obviously there's a lot more to it, but from a self serving standpoint, it forces you to evaluate your heart to see if you're telling it the truth. Like, you know, so when you're like, look, would I sign a contract? Would I sign a marriage contract to have sex with that girl or that guy? And if you can't answer yes, then guess what? All you are is friends from then that point on, right? So there doesn't need to be a whole, I mean, yes, you do need to have your mind renewed, but there doesn't need to be a whole lot of reprogramming because if you're not willing to sign the contract, then you guess what? She is just your friend. Now, if you're still trying to feel that out, well, I guess at that point, then you kind of date. But you should only be dating one person at a time, I'd imagine. But that's just that's just the way it is for me. It was so black and white. Where I, Once I made the decision, you know, when, when I rededicated and I made the decision that I wasn't going to, it just becomes very clear. I can, I can get to know women and I can know relatively quickly if there's anything there, you know. And I, I often reference it like, you know, we've all been in that situation where you meet somebody and, you know, like somebody maybe that is, is attractive and you're like, ooh, when you first meet them, you're kind of like, ah, wow, they're, they're, they're good looking, they're hot. And then after you get to know them a while, you, you know, like maybe two weeks, three weeks, a month later, and you go, you can look at them differently and you go, yeah, they're good looking, but not for me. Because at that point, you've broken through the surface. So once you kind of, once you take sex off the, off the table, you're able to see people more clearly. And if you, if you don't feel that for them, then it shouldn't be very difficult for you to treat that, that member of the opposite sex as just a friend. So that's just, that's been my opinion. So anyway, I'm gonna take some questions from, uh, from YouTube. So Brandy says, I'm a virgin and I'm finding it hard to wait. Not sure what to do. I'm 35. Okay. Wow. So, um, you know, somebody asked another question and it's similar to yours, Brandy. And I was going to answer it. I can't I couldn't find it, but I remember what it said. And it basically, she, she was 22 years old and she was a virgin and she was asking me for advice on how to wait. And I think, Honestly, it's easier for virgins to wait than it is for somebody that's been sexually active because once you once you feed that animal, you start to develop a taste for it and you want more of it. It's like any other appetite. If you're eating, you know, pizza every day and then all of a sudden you want to go on a diet, your body is used to having pizza and it wants pizza. So like if you're a virgin, honestly stay a virgin. Don't even think about screwing up because you're not going to make your life easier. You're just going to make it harder on yourself if you mess up. You're going to make it harder to go back to go back to doing it the right way. It was it was very difficult and I, I suffered. I, I, I talk about it in the book. It was almost like going through detox of a, of a substance is what it felt like. Like I was like freaking depressed and just my emotions were all over the place because I was so used to comforting myself and giving my flesh what it wanted. So yes, don't start if you're having a hard time, I mean, are, are you out there? Are you putting yourself out there in order to meet people? Um, you know, I'm 45 years old and people, you know, question me because I date so little. But my whole strategy uh, for finding my person is just to keep my friend circle very big. And then um, I'm, I'm expecting that when I, you know, someone comes into my circle that catches my attention that I feel like taking another step with, I will. But if, if you're sheltering yourself, not going on dates, and you don't have a big friend circle, then I think you may be being unrealistic. I'm not a big proponent of, of online dating for me, but that's because I ha I'm out there. You know, I have a big, uh, you know, I'm on social media. I, 
uh, it, it's not, it wouldn't be hard for God to bring that right person into my path when he wants to and, and, and when he's ready. So, you know, if you're going to work and you're going home every day and you're, you know, you're not, you don't have a, 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 a circle and you don't have a, a social life, then, you know, maybe put yourself out there a little bit, but, um, don't pursue, you know, it, when, when the man meets you and he wants you, he's going to make himself known. We like to pursue. Uh, so don't be thirsty. And, and that's just my opinion. Um, but yeah, if you're having a hard time waiting, find a community, find a group of people that are headed in the same direction. If you can't find them through a faith community, uh, you know, start a city fam, start a small group, you know, start a truth about sex, small group, send me an email. Okay. Uh, thank you, Therese. So let's see. Thank you. I, I, I work out. <laughs> I look younger than 45. She said, Okay, I'm 27 years old. I'm single and still waiting on God's time for my wife too, Rob. Is this the pro is the process of waiting so hard? Yeah, it's freaking hard. It's it's the hardest thing I've ever done. I mean, you know, I I I, I said the book was the second hardest thing I've ever done. You know, the far, the hardest thing I've ever done was waiting, was not having sex for six years. You know, two six year periods really. Um, you know, I'll be honest, like. Find an accountability partner, you know, find somebody that you can talk to about it. Somebody else that's, that's walked this road before and, and put your stance out there. Tell people that's the one thing that really kept me out of trouble. I mean, that probably the biggest thing that kept me out of trouble was because I was so vocal about my belief on the subject that there were plenty of times I was tempted. And I just was like, if I screw up, I would either have to tell everyone or lie and I'm not willing to do either. And that's what kept me out of trouble. It wasn't because I didn't want to. I, I mean, literally I probably wanted to have sex every day for the last six years. Seriously. Like there wasn't a day that went by that I didn't want to do it. You know, it, it, this was not easy for me at all. So I would be vocal about it. I would tell people about it. I would, I would talk about it because that'll keep you accountable. Sometimes you got to say it and then for you, just for you to live it out. And that's really honestly what's, what was my biggest thing. And also because I was in a position of leadership, like once I started city fam, like I would look like a big hypocrite if I screwed up. So I would, I would be very vocal about my stance on it. So um, I'm going to take a look at Instagram real quick. See, okay. What's Anya Zaya? How are you? I wasn't always a man of honor. Jesus, seriously. Yes, somebody said, understanding this creates amazing French, uh, friendships and relationships. It 100% does. I don't really want to talk about that for a second because so... I was abstinent for, for six years when I first gave my life to, to Jesus. And um, thank you. And I backslid in 2006. Okay. So I had an idea for basically what City Fam could be back then. I started putting social events, I started promoting again and uh, volunteering with, with friends. And um, it was a very edgy thing that I was doing. And I, and I wasn't as strong. As I thought I was, and I slipped. I, I made a mistake. I slept with a girl. I broke my six-year streak. I slept with a second girl about a month later, and 
I had, but like during that period, right when, you know, right before all that happened, and even after it happened a little bit, because I was still, I was still volunteering a lot. I was still pretty, you know, like pr- pretty much doing the right thing. I had this amazing group of friends. We always had parties, you know, at each other's houses, birthday parties and get togethers. And we just had really good friendships and we went out and volunteered together. And I was making a difference in other people's lives and even, you know, uh, making a contribution and, you know, to the, to the city and in my community. And I really, it was good, you know, but the, it was that apple. It was just there, you know, and the apple for me was, was sex and, and I wanted it and I took it, you know, and, over the next five years, I just slowly spiraled down and it all went away. It all was gone. All those friends, my friend circles shrunk and shrunk. And, you know, there's a saying that goes, God adds and multiplies. The devil subtracts and divides. And he damn sure does. That's what he did. By the end of it, I, I tell the story in the book that I was, I was still promoting and I was promoting this club in Baltimore called Red Maple. And I remember I was in a crowd at nightclub and I was the promoter. I was the guy. And I literally didn't know one person there. I mean, people knew me and maybe I knew a couple people's names, but I didn't have any friends there. Nobody that really cared about me or that I cared about. And I remember how lonely I felt. And it was my own fault because I live recklessly, you know, like I wasn't investing in other people's lives and therefore they weren't investing in my lives. So when I rededicated my life, um, you know, I really, you know, I got plugged into a church and I just, I like the culture of the church because they were always, I mean, Christians in general, they're, they're trying to help each other. The attitude of a, of a church is what can I do for you? The attitude of the clubs and the bars where I came from was what can I get from you? So what we did at city fam is like, we said like, okay, let's take that culture of what can I do for you, but let's put it into social settings. Let's still have a good time because a lot of times church people don't have fun. You know, they don't do much of anything fun. So we basically, that's really what, what city fam is, is like we, we took that, we taken that culture and we, of what can I do for you? And it does, it produces the best relationships, the best friendships. And, you know, when someone's trying to add value to your life, it just bonds you because you're like, man, I know they got my back. And then you want to add value to their life. And that's just such an amazing way to live. Like, this is how we were meant to live, you know, but when you're trying to like, get in a girl's pants or whatever and without commitment like if you don't really care about her or you're not in love with her and you're just trying to you know get laid that's not adding value to her you know if anything you're taking away you know and if you really love her then marry her it's that simple but if you don't and you're not sure then don't do it you know and and that's really why i believe a lot of like city fam and and this this truth about sex slash why waiting works movement have a lot of synergy because it really is just about like having the other person's best interest in mind, not being a source of regret for yourself or others. That's one of our values at city fam is no regrets, not being a source of regret for yourself or for others. Sometimes I had, you know, I did things that I didn't regret, but I, they might've, you know, and they probably did. And, and we just don't want to do that. I don't want to live that way. I don't want to be, I don't want to be part of somebody else's regret, you know? And, uh, that if I, if I can control it, that is. So, um, let me go back and ask some more questions or uh, answer some more questions. It actually creates women that hate men. Well, don't, don't hate all men. Don't give up on us yet. A man who can't control sexual urge is just as unattractive as promiscuous woman. I agree. 
Corey, what's up, brother? So, you know, there's something that you said, Anya. It said, this is definitely a deep subject that starts with women, really. They set the standard. You know, that really um, kind of triggered something I want to talk about. So I sometimes I get pushback from women um, and they're like, look, you put a lot of the responsibility on women like it's their fault. And I don't I, I don't mean to do that if that's the way it's being interpreted. But I do need to say this. OK, women are the ones that have the power to stop the madness. OK, because they are the ones that have it, that have possession of it and they're giving it out. You know what I mean? Now, I could have a conversation with men to say, hey, stop trying to sleep with women, but that's not going to get very far, right? The conversation would be better to say, look, to women, this is how to get what you really want. Because I firmly believe that at our base, on a very base level, at our very core, that women want security and men want sex, right? This is, you know, you can watch some of my videos. You don't have to agree with me, but it's true. At our base, this is what we want. This is why when a woman gets engaged, she flashes that ring because she's all happy. She got the security. You know what I mean? There's a reason that men are asking women to marry them, not the other way around. There's a reason that a woman is the one to say when we have sex 99.9% .9 of the time. Very rarely is the man saying, hold on, we need to wait. You know, it doesn't work like that. Men take it as fast as women will give it. So the conversation isn't going to go very far if you tell men to stop trying to have sex with the women. But if you help women understand their worth and say, hey, look. You all want security. This is the way to get it. This is don't give out the goodies. Have some sense. Be smart. If there was people on the street and somebody had money and they were like giving out money, you know, to people and you were like, hey, buddy, that that thing you're giving out is worth something. You shouldn't do that. It's valuable. You know what I mean? Would, would you would that conversation go further or would it go further to the person to say, hey, stop taking that free money? Like, no, most people are going to take the free money. You're not going to get very far having that conversation. So I talk to women a lot to say, hey, wise up, be smart. This is, it's valuable. It's not the same. Our culture and society tries to convince you that it's the same thing. It's not the same. You have the control. You have the power. Don't give it away by having sex with a man before commitment and real commitment, which is marriage, because talk is cheap. Guys will say anything to get in your pants. And they might mean it when they say it. They could, they might be lying, but they could be telling, they could be thinking that they're telling the truth. But if they'll back it up with action, then they mean it. And that's the difference. So I, 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 I'm definitely don't mean to beat up on women at all. I'm not, you know, a woman hater. I just think that, that how we're going to stop this is by letting, convincing women that they're the ones that are in control before sex with a man that's interested in her. If he's not interested in you, nothing's going to giving him sex. Isn't going to make him interested. It might keep him around a little longer, but it's not going to make him fall in love with you. So that's that. All right. Let me, let me go on to the next question. Gay men are the best people ever because they don't expect sex from you. Maybe they don't expect sex from you, but it's hard for a straight guy to be friends with a gay guy. You never know what their motives are. No, I got. I have some gay friends, and they're great people. Um, okay, if most straight men had self control and respect, it would help women honor them and respect them. Absolutely. Thank you, Tigress. Um, all right, cool. Let me just take a look at uh, YouTube. See if there's any questions on in here.
What about persons who have a very high sex drive? It would obviously be much easier for someone with low libido than someone with an extremely high libido. Yeah, 100%. It would definitely be easier for somebody with low libido. But, I, you know, maybe that's why God chose me um, to prove that it could be done because I'm not going to get into numbers, but I had sex with hundreds of women. Okay. And when he called me, I stopped, you know, not because I didn't have the same sex drive. I did, you know, I didn't even understand the concept of waiting when I started. I just wanted to be obedient. And I thought, honestly, I thought that God would bring me my soulmate. So it was kind of a selfish decision and I didn't think it would be long. It turned into six years and, um, but it can be done. And I have a very high sex drive, um, even at my age. So yeah, uh, it, it, it's not easy, but it's definitely possible. And I, I do believe that there'll be a payoff for it. Um, hopefully soon. <laughs> okay. So I'm a woman of 37 years. I'm waiting for almost three, three years. It's not easy. No, it's not lame. Uh, I'm a woman and I find extraordinarily difficult, difficult to wait myself. I have a high sex drive and I too think about having sex all the time. Like I'm literally on fire. Wow. Okay. So yeah, I, battlefield of the mind was a book that, you know, just came to, came to mind. Um, you know, you shouldn't be thinking about sex all the time. That's where, that's where the battle starts. So you have to figure that out because Eventually, you know, a thought leads to an action and an action leads to a habit and a habit leads to a character and a character leads to a destiny. So you shouldn't be thinking about sex all the time. I mean, for me, when I first turned it around, obviously it was harder in the beginning. Um, and it, it got easier over time as I resist it. So if you've been, um, if you've been abstinent for any length of time and you're literally thinking about it all the time, then I would say that's a problem. You have to intentionally change your mind. So one thing that I, I do is if I'm thinking about something, sometimes I'll get, get into a, a, a thought pattern where I'm thinking about something. Maybe it's something that I'm not happy about or a person that did me wrong or something that something to complain about or whatever. I, you know, I'm, I try not to think about things I don't want, but sometimes you do. So when I catch myself, I'll, I'll, I'll attach something I do want to that thing that I don't want knowing that when I think about that thing, that's a, that's a sign or a signal to me to start thinking about that thing that I do want, for example, home. So there was somebody, you know, a few months back that kind of did me dirty and I, I was kind of dwelling on it. So I decided to attach home, uh, this place that I want to open to that person. So every time I thought of that person and I caught myself, I would change the channel and I would start thinking about home because there were honestly, like there was a lot of things that I needed to figure out with home. Like, how will I do this? And how is it, you know, and so versus me wasting all that energy thinking about something that I wasn't, it wasn't going to change what that person did to me. And then in your case, why think about sex when you, <laughs> you're not going to have it? You're not going to have it any sooner. So stop torturing yourself. So attach it to something else. You know, the Bible says whatever is, is true and noble and, and pure. And I don't know if I'm quoting that in an exact order, but it says, think about those things. So find something to attach sex to. And when you catch yourself thinking about it, intentionally change the channel of your mind. That's what I would do. It's not going to be easy, but you can do it. Okay. So he mentioned no self-pleasure, which would seem more difficult, in my opinion. If you don't use it, do you lose it? Serious question. So I'm guessing you're talking about masturbation. So I uh, you know, have struggled in that area for you know, all the time that I've been 
uh, you know, abstinent. You know, I, there was probably a time that I went about a year and a half without masturbating the first six years because I was so legalistic when I got saved that I just did, you know, I just, I was very legalistic. And I think I might have went like a year and a half. Now, uh, now, you know, sometimes I, so recently I signed a covenant with God because I, I had, you know, this city fam on my plate. It was this big struggle. We couldn't get resources. I, uh, you know, I was trying to get the organization to move forward and I really didn't feel like I had the skills. I don't know. I just, did, I was stuck. So I, I read about, uh, some, something and somewhat an article where someone signed a covenant with God to, um, not to look lustfully at a woman. Right. And, and basically it, they said it was like the gas in the brake. So you, you sign the covenant and you say, if I mess up in this area, if I intentionally hold, like for me, it was like, you know, looking at something I shouldn't looking at porn or holding a thought in my head intentionally masturbating. Um, you know, I, then I signed a covenant saying I wouldn't do that for a certain length of time. And if I did it, I asked God to punish me. I wrote it out. I said, fight against me. I asked Jesus to fight against me with the sword of your mouth. But if I did do it, if I kept the, 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 the covenant, and I, of course, I asked him for the help to do it. I said, bless me greatly and open doors for me that no man can shut. And it gives you gas and break. It gives you the break because you're scared of the punishment and it gives you the gas because you want the blessing. So that was just a trick that I used to kind of break, break some of those strongholds that the enemy had built up in my life. So I would say, you know, if you got the balls, <laughs> the lady balls to do it, um, sign a covenant with God. Um, but no, masturbation doesn't make it easier because if you're thinking about it, you know, then you, you're just feeding that animal the bio you know jesus says even a man you know if you lust after after a woman in your mind's eye you committed adultery in your heart and it says out of your heart flows the wellsprings of life so everything flows through your heart so if you're committing adultery even in your mind so if you're masturbating more than likely you're thinking about something then you're committing adultery in your heart and that's where everything is flowing out of so yes i would say don't do it you'll, you'll see people when you know YouTube. I saw Joe Rogan the other day and he was saying, well, you know, you got to jerk off because if not, you'll be horny and then you'll go, you know, hook up with the wrong person. And I'm like, no, it doesn't work like that. It's called self-control. When you deny yourself, you're going to be more likely to deny that temptation when it comes against you. I'll, I'll share a story with you. And, and this is, I don't think I've ever told this anywhere. So three and a half years ago, I messed up. That's pretty public. I was very very public about that. So it was with a girl that was a friend of mine and we just got too close. We were just hanging out regularly and, um, you know, we were flirtatious and I thought it was dangerous and I tried to try to back off and she made me feel stupid. And I kind of let, I, I let myself, I let her make me believe that there wasn't any trouble. And the very next time we had sex, but that, that night that we had sex, I want to tell you, she came over to my house. This is before we did it. And I, I felt the temptation right? I felt, I felt horny and I, I, we were supposed to go out and eat and I went into the bathroom and I jerked off because I was like, I gotta, I gotta take care of this because if I don't, I was afraid I was going to make a mistake. So I went and jerked off and we went out and we got sushi and we came back and we, and I had sex. So it was like, it didn't help me at all. You know what I mean? Like I was still, I, you know, if anything, I, I, I fed the animal and it didn't help me. So 
no, I don't think that a good strategy is masturbating to avoid having sex. You just have to learn to master it. And, um, you know, I've been, I've been looking more into no fat. And, uh, if you're not sure what that is, it's basically like no male masturbation. So not looking at porn and not, uh, jerking off. And there's a lot of benefits to it. Um, not only, um, you know, your, your testosterone spikes, but it's this energy. It, they actually talk about porn and how it's, um, it gives you social anxiety disorder, you know, and, and this is basically, and there's science behind this because when you look at porn, you get this rush of dopamine equivalent to like heroin. And then you get your dope, you get less dopamine receptors because your brain's trying to regulate. And now it takes more, more things to make you happy. So like what I've noticed is when I cut sex out of the equation, I had to find healthy alternatives to give me dopamine rushes. And you know what that was? Friends, you know, conversations with people, go out, volunteer, feel good about yourself. Like when you're not giving yourself, you know, these bad things for dopamine hits like porn or, or sex or drugs and alcohol, like you have to find other things to get enjoyment from. And those things don't have negative consequences with them. So, um, but in addition to that, I talk a lot about sex transmutation. So sex transmutation was a term from think and grow rich. And you can harness that sexual energy. And this is what NoFap says. NoFap is just the new, the new uh, way to explain it. But you take that sexual energy and you redirect it into things that produce, you know, positive outcomes like me starting the nonprofit, like hopefully getting home off the ground this year, um, you know, countless other things, reading books, volunteering, whatever it is. Find your freaking purpose, find your, what you're passionate about, and then take all that sexual energy and put it into that. If I was out chasing tail, chasing the opposite sex, I would not have done all this. The only reason I did it was because I was like, I'm waiting on God. What else am I going to do? You know what I mean? So when you, that, that, in my opinion, is the biggest reason people don't find their purpose is because they're out, you know, if you drew your line in the sand and you actually meant it about not having sex, you're going to figure out pretty freaking fast what you're here for, I believe. And if you read, you know, if you believe the Bible like I do, there's verses in there that says, do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's perfect will, good, pleasing, and perfect will is for your life. I might have added for your life, but might have said that. But basically it says, stop doing shit the way that everybody else is. Stop doing the things the way everybody else in the world is doing it. And God will show you what your purpose is. But most people don't want to give that thing up long enough to figure it out. So they just go to work. They go to shitty jobs that they hate, nine to five jobs. And they do these things that they hate so they can live for the weekend and have their beer and have their sex. And they use football as a means of escape because they hate their lives. Like, that's not how we were meant to live. You know, stop doing those things, get obedient, let God tell you what you're here for, and then work your ass off. And then one day he's going to bring this perfect person into your life while you're living your purpose. And this person that is your helpmate is going to help you accomplish your purpose. And that's going to create such a deep sense of fulfillment. If you don't believe me, go look at the, the video I just put up with Billy Lofton. Like that dude is living it. Me and him went through this shit for the last five and a half years, you know, where he was waiting and it was hard and we were complaining, but we built stuff. We went on five, five international relief trips, the third world countries. We started a nonprofit and I wrote a book and, you know, like all this amazing stuff. And now he's got this beautiful bride that he's so in love with 
and they're in Italy right now. And, you know, they kept themselves pure and they're, I'm sure they're having sex like rabbits right now and good for them, you know, and hopefully they have sex every day and every night for, you know, until they die. But most people do it ass backwards. And then how many times do you hear people say, oh, the sex stops after you get married? Well, no shit. You did it wrong. You did it backward. You know, yeah, you had the sex up front. Then you got married to the wrong person because you got a soul tie. And now the sex stops. And guess what? You go through 50 years of somebody that doesn't make you happy, doesn't make you deeply fulfilled. And now you're not even having sex. Like, I mean, it's idiot. It's idiot. It's, I don't even know what the word is, but it's stupid. <laughs> so there's a right way to go about this. If you're watching and you're waiting, hats off to you because you're smarter than 97% of the population that doesn't wait. So let me go back to the questions. Um, Let's see here. Yes, I am on Facebook. Rob Kowalski, Rob B. Kowalski, uh, facebook.com forward slash Rob B. Kowalski. The only way for a man to get what he wants is to commit his lifetime and energy to the woman who may not even be slightly worth it. Hold on. Let me, let me make sure I understand that question. So the only way for a man to get what he wants is to commit his lifetime and energy to the woman who may not even be slightly worth it. Well, Ife, I think I'm pronouncing your name right. The way, the only way for a man to get what he wants, this is what I say. If you're talking about pussy, excuse my language for being crass, but if that's what you're talking about, then yes. I mean, but that's a terrible thing. If that's all you want, hopefully you want a best friend that you're physically attracted to. That's what I want. I, I don't want just to get laid. I want a best friend that I'm physically attracted to. Okay. So what marriage does for you is it forces you to evaluate your heart to see if that's the person or not. Because if not, you'll just end up having sex with someone early and then you could very easily get attached to the wrong person and go through your life with the wrong person or just get divorced or waste years and miss your right person or whatever. So you're saying she might not even be slightly worth it. That's the point of marriage is for you to figure it out. Are you willing to sign the contract in order to have sex with that girl? Because honestly, I, the, I've done this now for six years and, I, and I'm surrounded by a lot of pretty girls and I haven't met one yet that I'm willing to say yes about. But one day there will be a girl that comes along and I'll be real happy to sign it. Does that make sense? Okay. So the problem is that you can be that woman who says no, but the next woman will say yes, that's true. They, that makes it harder for all women. A man can get it on the first date. So why would he wait for you? Well, listen, if he loves you, he will wait for you. You know, first off, there are men out there that will wait. I mean, I, I'm waiting and eventually I'll meet a girl that, that you know, is going to be worth me um, committing myself to. But also, like, even if a guy isn't waiting, if, if a guy meets the right woman, that he will change. I've seen guys change before where they'll meet a woman. They could be the biggest player in the world and they'll meet a woman and they'll just stop everything and because they fell for them. Now, if that woman had a backbone and said, listen, I like you too, but I'm not having sex with you. Not until my wedding night. If that guy really liked her, he'll get married to her. Now, if he goes on to the next one that he didn't love her. Now, listen, I'm not going to say this is going to happen fast. It's, it, it's so much easier and faster to go from person to person and just have sex. Absolutely. It's going to take you a while to get to that right person, but you're going to go through the duds a lot faster. You might be single for a, a year, two years longer. I don't know. You know, hopefully not. 
but you will get to that right person faster. Now, you're right. Women that are giving it up easy are messing it up for everybody. I will say that. So the only way to stop the madness is just to, to shout this message from the rooftops and hope that, you know, people get some sense. But, you know, will it ever change? I don't know. You know, probably not, to be honest. So you just have to you have to worry about yourself because what's the alternative? You know, there really isn't a good one. You could go out and you could say, okay, well, I'm just going to give it up too because everybody else is. And if he doesn't stick with, you know, he's not going to stick with me because the next woman is, then <laughs> you're just setting yourself up for pain. You know, that's, that's what you would do. Uh, so there really is no good alternative, but to wait. So, and, and, and just become that person in the process. And when it's supposed to happen, I just believe that, you know, God's on the throne and, and he will make it happen when the time is right. So um, moving on. What do you think about default divorce? How does how what do you think about default divorce? How does encourage men to get married at the risk of having to dish out money and lose half of everything plus risk losing their kids? Um so you know I don't believe listen I had a conversation with a girlfriend the other day and she she did everything right. She waited and she married this guy and they were married for 14 years, had four kids. And then he dipped, he left her, he cheated and he left. And, you know, I, I said in a previous video, there's no guarantees, you know, even if you do things hundred percent, right, it doesn't guarantee you that you're going to have a fairy tale and live happily ever after. It does significantly increase your odds of finding love. But, you know, I do believe that if you do it the right way and you wait, the chances of you getting divorced, and marrying somebody that's going to take half your shit and like stick it to you. First off, of getting divorced, period, if you wait to have sex before marriage, is a lot lower. All the num all the studies are out there. So only three percent of the population actually waits. Ninety-seven percent of the people do not make do not uh, wait to have sex until marriage, which is why the divorce rate is so high. And the people that do stay married are, unha are unhappy, in my opinion. But um, you know, I I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go into it with that mindset of, well, if I get divorced, they're going to take half my stuff. Because if you, if you do it right and you, you know, you take your time to vet this person, you know, and see who they are watching them in some scenarios outside of before you even ask them on a date. You know, I don't, I don't date out of physical attraction. I, I, I talked about that in a video because it's like, what <laughs> you have very little to go off of. If you're going to date someone out of physical attraction, I could be physical attraction to damn near any girl, you know? So I, I would say, watch that, you know, get to know people, watch them in scenarios, watch how they treat their family, watch how they, you know, treat their friends. Watch, you know, uh, uh, what are you looking for in a person? Just watch them. Are they kind to the waiter? You know, like just watch them in some scenarios before you ever ask them out, be their friend. And then when you feel like, Hey, there might be something here, then take a step. And then, don't have sex and evaluate your heart to see if it's telling you the truth. And I just, I just feel like even if something, God forbid happened and you got divorced down the road, you know, hopefully you know that that person's a good person and they're not going to take advantage of you. So, um, but I wouldn't go into that with with that mindset because I just, I just feel like if you do it the right way, the chances, the chances are slim that it's not going to work out in your favor. Rob, are you attracted to black women? Um, I have, dated a couple black girls in my life. <laughs> so yes, I, I am. I, I like, I like, um, you know, I don't know that I have a particular type. I, uh, I like, 
I find beauty in, in lots of different women. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what my wife will, will be like or look like. Um, I'm more concerned with uh, I'm more concerned with finding that person. I talk I talk about in the ten reasons about how physical attraction fades. Physical attraction is important for sure. I would definitely um, it's the first thing that catches all men's eyes. Um, is you know we're visual and we want beauty, um, but it's the first thing they go. You know so um, you know I, I it's it's deceptive. If you're not smart and and so many so many men fall into that you know there's a there's a saying that i talk about where it says so show me the highest girl in the world and i'll show you a guy that's tired of sleeping with her and there's some truth in it because you know you get drawn in with the physical attraction and then you end up you you have sex quickly which is what you know everybody's doing today and and then you get you get attached to the wrong person and then the physical attraction fades so I, yeah I, I want beauty but more importantly i need to figure out who that person is inside and see if we connect on a deep level and that could be, I mean, this is just a tent, you know, all of this is just a tent. I need to figure out who lives inside of that body. Um, you know, but yeah, it could be, could be a black girl. <laughs> so, um, let's see, let's move on. Amen. Isn't that Romans 12 too? Yes, it was Romans 12 too. I, I'm afraid to get close to someone I like because most of the time they only want sex. So I push men away, but I do want to be with someone, Sarah. So, yeah, I guess that's a legitimate concern, Sarah. Um, you know, the best thing to do is is just keep your boundaries strong. Um, I wouldn't push men away because there are good men out there that would be willing to wait. Um, just be, you know, clear about what your intentions are, and you know that you you are saving yourself for marriage, and don't put yourself in a compromising situation. And if guys don't try to, if guys respect that, if you're dating a guy and he respects that then give them a chance, you know, don't, don't, um, assume that all men are pigs. There are a lot of pigs out there, but don't assume that all men are pigs. Do not conform filter through God's word and make sure what you're thinking is right by him. Renew the mind daily. Yes. I'd love to, I would love to date, but I need to get out of the house first. <laughs> that would be a good solution. Alex, I think you're from Denver, right? I, I responded to you on YouTube today. I have somebody else in Denver. I want to link you guys up again, just to revisit what I said earlier in the conversation, I think we've had some new people jump on. So we have chapters, uh, or well, we have small groups basically based on the book, Why Waiting Works. We, we formed a small group curriculum called The Truth About Sex. It's an eight week small group. There's gonna be a social event during those eight weeks where you'll go out and you'll do something fun together. You'll take any money that you generate it. You're gonna give it to a local nonprofit and then you're gonna go volunteer for that nonprofit together over those eight weeks. And uh, we've had, we have these groups starting in the following cities. Baltimore, Newark, Delaware, Naples, Florida, Houston, Texas, Dallas, Texas, New York City, and Johannesburg, South Africa. We've also had conversations with people in Indianapolis, Los Angeles, Boston, Salem, Oregon, Bakersfield, California, Phoenix, Arizona, Oklahoma City, Columbus, Ohio, Hartford County, Hanover, Germany, Dubai, and Jakarta, Indonesia. So if you live in any of those places, Send me an email to robitcityfam.com. I'll make sure you get connected with the person that reached out from us, reached out to us. The only thing that's st stopping any of these people from starting is finding other people to do the group with. So, you know, and just to mention really quickly, if you knew the vision, the, the ultimate vision that God gave me for what we are doing here, like home is going to open. Home is going to be this bar, but it's going to be different than any other bar in the world. It's going to be a place for good people. 
to come and connect with each other, like-minded people, become the best version of themselves, but it's going to be a social setting. There's going to be beer and wine, but there's also going to be alcohol alternatives like kava and kratom tea and other things. But wait, a bar that you, if you hung out long enough, you would get sober in is what I say, but a place just to build relationships with good people. Cause I was looking for a place like this when I turned my life around and there's just nothing out there. I, I was, it was either go to the bar on the weekends, which I'm going to make a bunch of bad decisions or stay at home and white knuckle the shit out of it. And hopefully you'll meet somebody that, that was basically my two options. So I stayed in, but I don't want to, that's not a long-term solution. So we're going to open a bar in Baltimore called home. It'll be a coffee shop, but that by day, a bar by night, we're going to have live music. It's going to be awesome. And when we build it, all you people or that are wanting to start or starting groups, all these people on this paper from all these cities, some of them are going to come here. They're going to, you know, cause we're going to teach them. We're going to say, okay, we want, you know, come to Baltimore. We're going to put you up in an apartment while you're here, stay for a week. You got to find it. You got to get a plane ticket, but we're going to show you how to run a city fan. And we're going to let them attend an event, attend a social event, attend a service event, go to home and they're going to see it. And they're going to be like, wow, I can't believe a place like this exists. I need one of these in my town. And we're going to say, okay, great. Now you go back to Indianapolis or Boston or Salem, Oregon, or wherever you're from, and you build city fam. And then when you get the database up to, you know, a thousand members or whatever, then we open a home and imagine that. Imagine what home is going to do for people. Because listen, everybody watching this right now, we all have friends that need something. They might need friends. They might need good friends. They might need God. They might need to get sober, but you can't get them to go to a 12 step and you can't get them to go to church. And you might not be able to get them around other healthy people because they got their shitbag friends or whoever that they hang out with, but you could get them to a bar. And if in that bar, there was a bunch of good people, like all you people that are watching this, guess what? Those people would start to change because they would recognize that this is what they were missing. And this is what they've been looking for. And they might not have even known it. So we're going to open that place. And that's in Baltimore. And we're going to help other people open their own homes in all these different cities as the database will support it. That's what we're, that's what we're doing. That was the vision that God has, is making clearer and clearer to me as we move forward. And it's going to set off what I believe is a worldwide movement that's going to help millions of people. And it's not only that. It's going to make it so much more enjoyable for all of us to wait, you know, to find the right person to build healthy friendships. There's going to be life coaching. There's going to be all these things, but out of a bar, you know, which is really, I know a, kind of a foreign concept for some people, but I've seen it and I know that it's going to be a game changer. So that, that's what we're doing. So reach out to me, robertcityfam.com. If you're from any of those cities, I want to, uh, I want to connect you with other people that, that live there. And if you, hey, look, if you're from none of those cities and you're just like, look, I just, this sounds great. I want to do a small group send me an email because there may be more people reaching out to me from your city that I can connect you with robertcityfam.com or you could just go to cityfam.com and there's a, there's a button on there that says, start your own chapter, click that, fill it out. And then someone will get in touch with you. Um, Salem, Oregon, Jen Logan. Yes. We're going to find you somebody. I promise you we're going to find somebody. Okay. What about Lana? Yes. Somebody just reached out. Somebody just messaged about Atlanta. Um, shoot me an email. It's like heathen central here. <laughs> we need an organization like this. Yes. Trust me. Baltimore is no better. Um, <clears throat> so Charlisa, Yeah. Charissa, you're, you're Atlanta too. See, there you go. There's two people right there in Atlanta. Send me an email. Let's connect. Um, yes. Seminars. I, I, I do want to do. So listen, 
for those of you that are watching, like I do want to do home is not going to be a Christian anything. And I'll tell you why, because if you open a Christian, anything, a Christian coffee shop or what guess who comes Christians. Now, listen, I, I, I love, I love Christians. I love being around Christians, but I, I want to help people. And oftentimes the people that need the most help aren't Christians. So we're not, it's not going to be a Christian, anything. It's going to be, it's going to be a place that helps you become the best version of yourself. Now we will have, um, a faith night. Like, so on Wednesday nights, I think I want to, Wednesday will be the night where we do, um, you know, we do faith-based acts. So I, I picture like Jeremy camp coming in on a Wednesday night and playing because, uh, Fridays and Saturdays, I want to keep it for the mainstream. So it means we'll probably do karaoke on Friday and we'll do like a cover band on Saturday. We're going to close on Sunday and we're going to rent it out to a local church because at my church, I wanted them to do a night service there because they're amazing. Not to mention, I just want to close on Sundays, but you know, and, and even that for us is, is, um, on some level it's strategic because there, there are friends. I have friends that just won't, they won't step foot into a church, but if they, they would come back to a bar, especially if they were there on a Friday or Saturday night, especially if the bartender or somebody else invited them and said, come back on Sunday and see what we do. They'd be more likely to come back into a place that they were familiar with. So we want to, we want to do that on Sundays. And then on, as, as it moves further into the week, we'll do some more, um, some more like-minded centric things for uh, our regulars. So we will have those nights, uh, but it'll be staffed by all city fam people. And really the culture at city fam is pulling people up. It's all about grabbing that person and pulling them up. So the whole culture of the place is going to be to help people. So, um, yeah, that's, that's it. So question, two questions for Sarah. Uh, how far do you go without crossing any boundaries sexually? And when do you think it's the right moment to tell someone that you won't have sex with them? So I answered this question in a previous video. I don't want to talk about it too long. I think it was an episode one or two, but you know, uh, as far as how far do I go? I don't go far. Like, what's the point? They call it foreplay for a reason. You know, like, uh, uh, do I want to make out with a girl and not have sex? No. Like, honestly, why do that? It'd be like going to a restaurant and smelling food and not eating it. No, thank you. Uh, I, so I don't, I, I don't want to make out with a girl. I'm not going to dry hump. I'm not going to spoon. I don't cuddle. The last time I spent time alone with a female was three and a half years ago. We had sex. So I, I put my boundaries up very very far. And fortunately, you know, I haven't made that mistake because of it. Is it hard? Hell yeah, it's hard. It's been super hard. I like, I miss cuddling. I miss spooning a girl. I miss having sex, all that. But even if you're doing oral, you know, with some people, I, I, they try to get away with that. Like there, you could still develop a soul tie to somebody. You're still going to create hurt feelings. If, if, you know, if, if, a, if a girl is, um, you know, performing, fellatio on you she's going down on you or you're doing it on her somebody's going to catch feelings for the other person and if you're if you decide to cut off that physical relationship then um then you're going to probably lose that person as a friend and and you know what i mean i just don't think god honors that so i would say uh no don't 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 try to test it so many people try to try to get as close to the fire as they can without getting burned and usually they screw up and the consequences are the same as if, if they didn't even try you know, so what's the, don't do that. That's stupid. Um, as far as tell, when to tell somebody, um, I would say, um, I would tell them out the gate, you know, Why, what's the point in waiting? Like that's a bait and switch. I, I would tell somebody very early on and just say, Hey, you know, um, this is my stance, you know, I, I'd love to get to know you better or whatever, but just whatever. And now they might say they agree and then think you're, think you're full of crap, you know, because I've had 
girls tell me all kinds of things when I was sexually active and they, and they were just lying, trying to um, make me think they were probably uh, more chaste than they were. <laughs> but if, if they respect those boundaries, um, you know, then yeah. But I would, I would tell them up front because if they're not willing to agree to that, if they tell you you're stupid or you're crazy or whatever, then don't waste your time. You know what I mean? Like I, I wouldn't. Um, I would try to find somebody that's on the same page. Anyway, that's just my opinion. Um, so isn't this season of singleness truly a gift and waiting too? Yes, it is a gift. It's a painful gift. I know it can seem a struggle. We are in the world, not of it. Yes. Um, thank you, Jen. Appreciate it. Uh, if God never does anything else for me, including bringing me a mate, I will still praise him. Sometimes, sometimes becoming so consumed with finding the one can distract you from God's purpose in your life. 100%. Yeah. Don't be thirsty. I talk about it all the time. You know, it, it is a dull pain. That's always there. You know, like I'll, I'll be honest, like <laughs> sometimes it's just, it's just extremely difficult. You know, I, I think I do, I've, I do better at it than 99.9% .9 of the people of figuring out how to enjoy the weight, how to make the most of it. But sometimes it just sucks. You know what I mean? Like you get to this point where you're just like, groups won't do it. You know what I mean? Work won't do it. Pray like God won't do it. Like you just, you know, the Bible says it's not good for a man to be alone. And it's the same for a woman. And, and it's just such a natural desire uh, within us. But, you know, you, uh, you got to, you got to, the, 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 it's the only way. I mean, there's, you know, the only way out is through, you know, you, every, you have to go through it. You can try to avoid it. You can try to avoid the pain, but you can't, you can't, the only way out is through. So it, it's just, it's a necessary uh, evil of sorts that we have, that we have to do. So um, let's see. I agree. Include all the regardless of belief. This is what Jesus would do. Yes. Vanessa. Okay. Elizabeth Mitchell. I'm loving the vision. Let's build one in Las Vegas. Yes. Somebody reached out. I want to say someone reached out from Las Vegas today. Uh, I'll start a home group. If you can connect me with others in LV. Hell yeah. Listen, Elizabeth, send me an email. So I have your, uh, a way to contact you. If anybody's watching this in Vegas, we got somebody that's ready to, uh, start one. All right, guys, that's it. It's been an hour and nine minutes. I don't want to make this any longer. I appreciate you really enjoying, uh, talking with you post comments. Listen, I don't know everything about this stuff. I'm, I'm figuring it out as I go. Um, you know, if you want to pick up the book, check it out. It's five bucks on uh, my website, whywaitingworks.com. You can get it on Amazon for five bucks too. It's got, you know, leave me a review. It's got five-star reviews right now. I, I, I'm not a great, um, you know, a great writer, I don't think, but uh, I, I explained it very well and people are getting a lot of value in it because... I may have lived at more polar ends of the spectrum when it comes to sex than anyone in the, in the history of the world is I had so much of it. And then I had none for so long and I really have came to, to figure some things out. And if you're wondering if this is a good strategy for, for you, or maybe, you know, you're in a relationship and you're like, I don't know if it's going anywhere. Like I talk about how to figure that out. It, it's it's definitely will be the best five dollars you've ever spent. I can promise you that. And um, if you again, if you want to start a group, would love to hear from you. Rob at CityFam.com, or you can go to CityFam.com. Hey, look, one one last thing. There's a community we started on Facebook. It's called the Why Waiting Works Community, 
what I really love about it is it's a lot, it's people in there that are, have made this decision to wait and it allows for two way communication between you and other members of the group. And it's just really for support, you know, and, and conversation and, um, all around the subject. So check it out. Uh, why waiting works community. And, uh, I'll try to do one of these in a few weeks and appreciate you guys. Um, thanks. See ya.